Welcome to the Passel Podcast CMO Series. Welcome to the Passel CMO Series podcast, where we discuss all things marketing and business development and professional services. Today, we are going to discuss customizing and business development coaching. Um, and when it comes to defining developing a new business development training program in a firm that's thriving, it can be perhaps more daunting to start from scratch. Um, so, you know, many firms stick to that tried and tested method, but that isn't always the most effective or equitable approach for today's law firms. That's why we're so lucky to welcome Julie Woolcury. Chief Marketing Officer at Balkan Bingham, who has first-hand experience in developing an innovative BD training program for success in a modern-day law firm. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. We're very excited to get into it. I think it's a very exciting topic. Um, so, Julie, to kick things off, um, you're here, obviously, to delve into a business development training program you've created and implemented at Bulk and Bingham. But firstly, please, can you give us some background on what came before um, in terms of the BD training at the firm and, and what you felt needed to change? Absolutely. So the firm historically hosted an annual business generator program. That was the title of the program that um, that was designed for 12 to 15 partners at the firm. Um, and it was a nine month, nine month long program where they really received um, intensive business development coaching um, and training. They were actually um, had an opportunity to participate in um, an actual pitch mm -hmm. um, for a new piece of work. And that program had um, had been going on here at the firm for, um, goodness, close to a decade. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that's uh, really quite uh, some time that I've been running. So I'm sure you coming in and thinking about what's next and what are we going to do to change it would have been quite daunting, uh, not only for yourself, but others involved. So, you know, with that in mind, how did the business generator come about um, and, and what was the process and who was involved in that journey? Absolutely. So, so what happened is, and, and I think really the pandemic brought um, brought to my attention the fact that we had this really robust business generator program, but once people had been through the program once, there really wasn't another robust program or there wasn't that um, continuing education opportunity for them. So it's sort of like any of us, once we learn something, you've got to continue to learn, you've got to continue to grow, you've got to continue to be reminded. Um, and we had an opportunity to enhance what we were doing was sort of was sort of my perspective. But during the pandemic, or I should say right when the pandemic started, um, I uh, like probably a lot of other um, a lot of other people in my position, I was participating in every webinar, every conversation, uh, most of them were through the Legal Marketing Association, which is an absolutely fantastic group. Um, but I was learning from my peers and, and listening to what others were doing. Um, and sort of by listening to what others were doing, talking to our own lawyers, our own associates, our own partners, and listening to what what they needed and what they felt like they needed, certainly during the pandemic, to continue to add value to clients, to continue to, to grow loyalty and to continue to develop new business. Um, you know, we sort of, I, along with some others at the firm um, and also with Society 54, one of my outside partners, started having conversations about 
um, developing a new program or taking what we were already doing rather and evolving it and giving um, to create something that that really gave everyone an opportunity to access true business development coaching and training. Yeah, I think that's so important, kind of giving everybody that opportunity, as you mentioned there, and involving other partners and listening to sort of the community in the LMA. Because I know from speaking to the likes of Amanda Bruno and Deborah Hare over at uh, Morgan Lewis, you know, much bigger firm. They've got the whole BD set up. They've got coaches involved, such as Deborah, you know, and they open it up to everybody. But actually, you know, as you talk about there, a smaller firm, it's a lot harder to think about that. So bringing in all of those different aspects obviously helps you to, to develop something that's, that's really successful. Um, and actually, you mentioned there working alongside Society 54 to research and develop that program. You know, what was their role and, and what value did that bring to the process for both you and for the firm? So we created a, a very much a customized curriculum for a business development training program. It was something that wasn't really off the shelf. Um, it was tailored to, to our firm, which is a mid-sized firm with um, roughly 225 lawyers today mm. and 10 offices. And the role that they played was my my view. Well, let me back up. My view is is here at Balch and Bingham. I know I listen to our lawyers. I listen to our people. Um, I listen to our clients. And so I have that perspective. The perspective that an outside consultant um, like Society 54 can bring to the table is much broader. They have an opportunity to talk with lots and lots of different firms and work with lots of different firms and lots of different um, marketing teams, business development teams across the country. And so they bring this different perspective that together we collaborated to, to create a curriculum that, goodness, it, it focused on best practices, it focused on what's ahead, um, and it was certainly responsive to the feedback that we were hearing from our own lawyers. Yeah. And so that was really, to me, incredibly valuable to have a partner um, and to have just another set of expertise come alongside us to develop something that would, would truly add value. Yeah, I can imagine. I know from speaking offline, you said just how uh, you know pivotal and important that, that relationship with scientific society 54 was in terms of developing this um and actually kind of just thinking i know we're going to go into to the weeds a little bit more in it but you know for you when you were creating this alongside them was there were there one or two really top level points that you're like i really want to be able to achieve this from it yeah that's a great question so access for everyone it was really important to me um, and, and not just to me, but, but also to our, to our firm that we created something that was accessible to everyone. Um, we all at law firms may say, well, these are our rainmakers and we know who those people are, but there are often other potential rainmakers um, that we may not have uncovered, but that we may not interact with on a daily basis. And um, for me at a mid-sized firm with a very small marketing and business development staff, it is often difficult to, to reach everyone and engage with everyone on a regular basis. And so to me, I wanted something that gave everyone an opportunity to learn, um, everyone an opportunity to grow. Um, and, and that was probably the number one, the number one goal as we created this program in particular. 
Shores, you know, just opening up to everybody and having that opportunity. So kind of del delving into that a little bit more in detail, um, you know, how important was identifying the right tools um, and platform for the program to be successful? And, you know, again, there you talked about technology and leveling up and, you know, that access for everybody within the firm. Um, you know, was that a conscious decision in the development program to, to make sure that you could implement technology as well? Absolutely, without question. And so, you know, we, we hosted the program via Zoom. And again, you know, it was important that there weren't really groups of people in conference rooms that were all benefiting from in-person interaction. We actually um, purposefully wanted everyone to be at their own desks and on their on their cameras, on their own computers, or at, you know, if they're working remotely at home, so that everyone was sort of just connected via via Zoom. And that was again really really important to us. Um, we launched this when the pandemic was still very much in, um, in full swing, I should say. And, uh, and people were working remotely quite frequently. Um, and so using Zoom and using a platform like Zoom was really, really important to us. Um, and so that's, that's the, the technology we chose to use for to kick off the program. Yeah, I can imagine what you said just just opens up the opportunity for everybody to get involved, which is so important. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on. And I know you're kind of looking at Business Generator 2.0 and how maybe you can start to bring some stuff in person now that people are back in the office and, you know, those smaller group workshops. Um, so actually kind of when, when talking about this, it'd be really good to understand, Julie, you know, how did you drive engagement once that program was launched? Because obviously people were, you know, as you say, they're at home. Yes, it was on Zoom and you're bringing them together from that perspective. But, you know, it'd be great to understand how you drove that engagement. But also, you know, you mentioned previously um, about gamifying. So was gamifying part of that process that you found sort of central to its success? It was absolutely central to success, without question. Um, lawyers thrive on, on competition. We're competitive by... By training, we're taught to be competitive early on. And so we used gamification to really, really play that and you know, really take advantage of the fact that competition can be a lot of fun, um, but it also can encourage participation. And we saw just that. Um, we used a, a just a simple survey tool called Typeform um, to gather to gather feedback after after each virtual session. Um, and we held 12, by the way, so one each month, or actually two each month, one for partners and one for associates. But then there was a survey that each group received after the, the session. And the survey, yes, it tested sort of like, were you listening? What are the mm. things that you heard? We asked some of those questions, but we actually also asked them to give us tangible ideas. So an example is, um, you know, say for example, we are we were conducting a partner session on cross servicing, um, cross selling, if you will. So we may ask, we may have asked a question, you know, identify one opportunity in which you could um, introduce another partner in the firm to a client um, in which you are actively working, and explain how you might make that happen. And if you do this, you get an extra prize or you get um, extra points on the leaderboard. And those points were um, certainly translated to various prizes, such as a firm branded backpack, all the way to gift cards, and then silly things that weren't as impactful, like pins and 
notebooks, but everyone got excited about the pens and the notebooks, and everyone got excited about the opportunity to earn points. Um, our practices beginning began competing with each other. Um, our offices, we had some office competition, which was a lot of fun. So the gamification to me was, was probably um, one of the most important parts of this program, to encourage participation, to add a bit of fun to something that lawyers are often, um, not every lawyer, but lawyers are often a bit intimidated. Um, subject matter can be intimidating. And so I think for me, the gamification part was really, really important. And, and it's also an opportunity to, um, you know, to connect it to the culture of your firm. And so from our messaging, from the way we approached gamification and the way the way we approached it might not be the way that another firm chooses to approach it, but we wanted to do something that certainly honored our culture, um, which is certainly a very approachable culture and very committed to building relationships. And, and the gamification did that. Um, throughout the gamification or, or throughout the program, and, and this is certainly connected to to the fact that we have these competitions, the way I knew we were making progress is when I was at a couple of two different firm events um, during the recruiting season and lawyers were talking about the program. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the prizes. They were talking about points. Mm -hmm. um, They're talking about what they learned. And I overheard conversations. Um, I had lawyers coming up to me. And so I was really reaffirmed we were making progress. We had started to sort of turn the corner um, to building a true business development culture here at the firm. That must have been um, a really brilliant moment for you to start overhearing that. So I must say a big congratulations because it's, it's no, no mean feat. But I did absolutely love when we first spoke about this that idea of gamifying it because it's not something people necessarily do you know when we launch Passel uh h bring up but we, we we do it around gamifying it you know running a competition because as you say lawyers are competitive beasts and it's really what gets them going and i love the fact and you mentioned it there how people just like revert back to their childlike self and love the fact that they've you know they've won a a bulk and bingham uh sponsored and branded uh, backpack or a pen or something that they can kind of go away and talk about and other people oh how did you get that um i think i think it's just great right um, it, it was a lot of fun that part that part of the program was certainly certainly a ton of fun and generated a lot of excitement so that's something that we will certainly continue to grow Definitely. But, you know, all the fun aside, you've actually dri driven, you know, tangible results, which is actually fundamentally what it's all about. So it's huge, huge success for, from, from that perspective. Um, and actually, when we kind of consider all of this, you know, it sounds like the program definitely would have required some behavioral change within the firm, you know, getting people to really understand the benefit of, of what the business generator brought and, and where you're trying, what you're trying to achieve out of it. So were there any challenges or barriers to its success that you found? That's a really good question. You know, I think one of um, probably one of the challenges is just choosing the best time of day. Um, you know, that sounds a bit silly, but it's really important because you want to make sure that you're hosting a program when most of your people are available. That's really difficult, um, especially with lawyers. And, and so that was really a challenge, finding the best time of day to, to get people to join live. We recorded every session. So in the event, um, and that's actually an important point, in the event that a lawyer was unable to participate um, live, they could go back and watch the recording 
and could still complete the survey and be eligible for points um, and certainly prizes. They were not eligible for as many points if they mm. only watched the recording and did not participate live, but nonetheless, they could still, they could still win points. Um, and so they were, again, incentivized to participate and engage with the content. So finding that best time of day, um, I think is really, really important. And going forward, I might shift that a little bit for us. You know, another, um, maybe not a challenge, but maybe I, I think it's just more of an opportunity. People wanted more. I think, you know, one on, on the topics that we presented, we covered a wide range of topics over the course of the program. And what I found is that during a one hour or roughly 50 minute session, people wanted more. So they would have all of these questions and it would sort of open the door to, my goodness, we could host a program on this, on this, on this. And so I think it was just wanting to pack, wanting to do so much um, again, but with a limited time. And so just that balance, I think is, is certainly something to keep in mind. Um, that going forward, you know, I think that the curriculum will certainly evolve, mm. but but that balance of wanting to do too many things at once um, and overwhelm people, you don't want to go there, but you also don't want to give them too little. So there's just, a, I think, a careful balance that, again, to me, is very specific to the culture of your firm. I think it's really important to listen to your people and, and seek their feedback. Yeah, of course. But as you say, you know, you get that feedback and you know, when you were that sort of fly on the wall and you heard everyone talking about it at the events, you know, that's where you can really start to see see the impact that it's driving and actually only helps to shape and form what you do going forward, which is, uh, again, just adding to the success of it. So thank you very much for sharing that. But actually, on, I guess on the flip side, you know, what have been the, the highlights and success stories that you've had off the back of the program? Um, and, you know, to that point, how, how have you planned on incorporating this feedback into that next iteration? Absolutely. So I think a highlight of the program has um, has just simply been some new revenue generating opportunities that have emerged. Um, success stories that lawyers will reach out to me and say, took your advice, actually did this, and here's what happened, and now it's opened the door to X, Y, and Z. It is so exciting to hear those stories. Um, to see other lawyers collaborating across the firm, um, we've had a couple of those. That's been absolutely outstanding. Um, I'll take it all the way to, so yes, revenue generation has certainly, we have seen some really great, great, some great data points there that we're really proud of and we're just getting started, number one, but number two, Simple, maybe not simple, but things like creating your business development plan and creating a plan that's not overwhelming, creating a plan that's truly actionable. Mm. We have seen that um, and people are doing that and they're sharing those plans with with me and members of my team. And, and that's certainly been really exciting, but all the way to updating your bio. So we offered a special prize if you updated your bio within a 15 day period over 40% of the firm updated their bio. Oh. And so as silly as that may sound, that's really important to keep your bio up to date um, because those are certainly the most visited pages on our website. That's also the content that we're using for proposals, et cetera. Mm. And we know our clients are, are and prospects are, are reading our bios. So just getting that to happen, I, I think in a really meaningful way was really exciting too. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And all of it touched on that, that behavioural change of people understanding the benefits. And I know uh, when we were first speaking, you also shared, it was almost, I suppose, a little bit of a, a personal success story where through the ability to sit in on some of those conversations, you build up a little bit of a black book of um, the partners and the associates of who was wanting to introduce so-and-so to a client or bring other people into conversations. And you were saying that that's been really useful for you to kind of actually use as a bit of a touch base. You got it. That's been great for me and my team. So out of the surveys, so after the sessions, we, we may ask lawyers to provide, as I said earlier, kind of some of those really specific action items. So those action items I used as um, as if I'm, and, and I see myself as this, but I am the firm salesperson. So I can say, hey, lawyer Y, you said that you wanted to do this and introduce lawyer B to your client. How can I help facilitate this? Let's talk about what the strategy is. I'm here to help coach you through that. I began to do that on a regular basis. And again, to encourage our lawyers to follow through and to dedicate that time in their schedule to make that happen, but then also to, to highlight my team and mm -hmm. to highlight that my team is here to help you. My team is here to come alongside you. We're committed to helping you grow your business. And, um, and so I think that was really sort of an unexpected um, thing that emerged that I believe positioned my team really, really well. And um, I think there's an opportunity as, as we grow the program, you know, I, I expect to be able to do more of that going forward. I have conversations with lawyers. We, I certainly help coach almost on a daily basis, but this program allowed me to engage with maybe some of those lawyers who I don't often hear from. Um, and that was a lot of fun and it opened the door to some conversations and it opened the door to what I believe is, um, is some, some very real opportunities for that lawyer and for, for other lawyers within the firm. And also just other ways, you know, other ways that we, looking at other ways we can add value to our current, um, our current clients, because that's certainly something that's a priority for us, looking for ways in which we can better serve a client, we can better support their growing needs. Um, and being intentional about having those conversations with lawyers was was really great. So that was sort of an unexpected outcome from the program, but certainly a, a delightful one and one that that I saw a lot of value from. Yeah, definitely. I think it's brilliant. As you say, it's it, whilst it's about the client and the opportunities there, what I think some of the themes you touched upon there is the way that it demonstrated the linked up approach that you're able to have. But also you spoke about, you know, showing your team alongside them. And it, it must have just been able to demonstrate how you're the, the strategical partners and you can really elevate everything that ultimately the lawyers are wanting to achieve. So I think it's just brilliant that all of that came from it. Um, and there's been so many fantastic insights throughout this, but sadly we, we've actually come to um, the final part and the final question. Um, what I'd like to understand from, from you, Judith, is okay, so, you know, what would be your one piece of advice to be um, to the other marketing and BD leaders who are looking to take a customized approach to their BD training program? Listen, so I think just focus on listening. Um, you know, creating something like this from the ground up um, may seem like an overwhelming task, but listen to your people, listen to all of your people, listen to what their needs are, listening to what they're hearing from clients. I think that was so important. 
listen to your peers at, at other firms. Um, again, through the LMA, through the Legal Marketing Association, I've developed a lot of friendships. And But listening to your peers, listening to sort of what their challenges are, um, don't be afraid to sort of bounce ideas off your peers and listening to your consultants and, and those other people that you lean on to help you do your job. Um, to me, that is just so critically important. So listen um, would be would be the first the first thing to do. Listen to you know conduct those surveys, and and have those those important conversations before you put pen to paper. Yeah, I love that, and it's it's clearly served you incredibly well. I mean, as they say, we have two ears and one mouth, so it really is about listening. And it's you know from everything that you shared today, it's evident that you've created you know incredibly successful BD program that um, has only been ultimately in its new 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 look, been going for a year, and there's you know two point around the corner. And I'm super excited to kind of see what comes from that. So thank you so much, Julie, for sharing all of this. Absolutely, thank you for having me. Have a pleasure. Now. Um, for the final part of, of the podcast, a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit better um, with our quick fire round. Um, so I have to first ask, you know, what's your favorite business or non-business book? So um, A Big Life in Advertising by Mary Wells Lawrence. It is her autobiography. Um, that is my favorite book. I read it when I was 21 years old. And at that time, as someone who had just graduated um, from Auburn, it, it shaped really, it, it shaped me um, in a really impactful way. And it's something, it's, it's something that I've read three other times since then. So I've read it a total of four times. Um, but Mary Wells Lawrence, in case you don't know, she was the first woman president of an ad, ad agency. Um, also the first um, female CEO of a company on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, but it's, it's a big life in advertising and it's, it's, a, it's a really impactful story. Well, amazing and it shows uh, shows just how much you enjoy it i've read it so much and take clearly taken a lot away from it uh secondly what was your first job i was the public relations specialist for the city of auburn um alabama which is also home to auburn university um and had an opportunity to um to do a lot of creative things and was fortunate that the city um, gave me a chance right right upon um, graduation. And um, it's something I'm, I'm very, very much grateful for. But I, I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people. I had a, a weekly radio um, radio talk show, which was, was really a lot of fun talking about all the things that were going on at the city. But um, but I was also quite intimidated. I remember in my first um, my first few months, I actually carried my um, public relations textbooks in, in to work with me, and and I would take them home at night because again, you know, I was learning. It was a brand new job. I didn't want to fail, and um, you know, and this is you know, I'm not going to tell you my age, but this was at a time when we were all still relying on our textbooks. <laughs> um, but that was my first job. And I think to me, gave me um, a lot of confidence. I made certainly a lot of mistakes that I hope I learned from, but also a lot of confidence to continue to grow my career. I'm sure it sounds like it served you really well. And I didn't realize that you're no stranger to being behind the mic with the radio show as well. So uh, no wonder you'll cut me across so well, Julie. Um, Third question, what makes you happy at work? My team. The people I get to work alongside every day um, are really absolutely fantastic. I, um, I lean on them. I 
love their creativity. Um, you know, it's really important that you work with people you really enjoy. And I really enjoy enjoy my team because we we interact all day long, but we often interact on nights and weekends just because we are certainly all very, very close and we have great friendships. But my team makes me happy at work. That's brilliant to hear. Um, and fourth question, what are you listening to at the moment? You know, maybe podcasts, music, audio books? Um, Taylor Swift. So I'm listening to <laughs> T Swift's new album right now. I was yeah. actually a little behind. So I'm I'm just now getting into it and I really, really like it. And so it's it's playing over and over. Um, so that that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Brilliant, just on loop. <laughs> I don't blame you. Everyone seems to be loving it. And she's got some a few absolute bangers on there. Um, so question five. Um, where is your favorite place to visit and why? So I've only been once, um, but it would be Zion National Park, which is a national park in Utah. Um, it was probably the most memorable trip I've ever had. Um, it is one of the most beautiful places to visit. I had a chance to hike the Narrows, which is this incredible hike through through a canyon and through water. Um, and it, it, I think, just changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, but that would be my, my most favorite trip to date. Lovely. Well, I'm sure there'll be many more to come. And I know that the U.S. offers ample opportunity to see um, an incredible world, I must say. Julie, uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for, for coming on, for answering those uh, questions so candidly. And it's been, been a real joy to talk to you. You as well. Thank you so much. I very much appreciate the opportunity. Our pleasure.